What do you call that? A covey of men? Castle of men? There's a whole bunch of guys today, huh? Yeah. Nice to see you all. Welcome. Thank you for what you do to help us worship. We appreciate you. It's Transfiguration Sunday, one of the worst Sundays to find something interesting to preach about. But I'll do my best. The story of Transfiguration appears in all four Gospels. And today we hear it from Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here If you wish, I will make three dwellings here for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up! Do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. We're going to go to uh, Exodus 24. Starting at the 12th verse. Actually, we're going to start at the 9th verse. Okay? Then Moses and Aaron, Nabid and Abinahu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up. And they saw the God of Israel. And under his feet were something like pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. God did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. And also they beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone, the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up unto the mountain of God. And to the elders he said, wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you, and whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days, and on the seventh day he called Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Okay, so the transfiguration story is an odd story. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a mountain with him. And he is transfigured, he is changed, he is transformed somehow into a more godly-looking individual. And beside him comes and stands Moses and Elijah, and he's having a conversation with them. Who knows what they were talking about? Probably not the Nevada caucus. Or the latest baseball scores. Although I do think it's fun to think about that. Wouldn't it be fun if that's what they were talking about, right? They're thinking about high ethereal things for sure. But they're having a conversation. And James and John and Peter are off far enough away that they can see that this is happening. But they really don't know what's going on. Peter says, let me build you a tabernacle, Lord, so that you can stay here. And the presence of the Lord with you and Elijah and Moses can be here with us. And we'll have a sign of it and we can come back here and visit with you anytime we want. And before Jesus can even answer, a cloud covers them and says, eh. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we've heard that before. When Jesus rises out of the baptism waters, we hear the voice of God saying, This is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. We get the notion in this story that there is something glorious and godly about Jesus. He is not just an ordinary man. And yet he does that thing he does so often. He says, shh, don't tell until later on. Man, can you imagine if you were Peter and James and John and you'd just seen somebody transformed into the sun? If it were me, I'd be wanting to tell everybody who'd listen. That's not what they do. And I also, I think, would want to be doing that because I would know this story from Exodus. This story from Exodus foreshadows the transfiguration. It tells us what's coming. It tells us to pay attention to the mountain and to visions and to clouds and to all of that stuff that we see again in the transfiguration. All of that stuff that says to people, here is God, pay attention. See, this Exodus text is very interesting because in the history of the interpretation of the Bible, it has meant lots of different things. In the Eastern tradition, which is now the Eastern Orthodox tradition, They take this text and they say, yes, this text is about human beings' search for God. And we see that. The people are left at the base of the mountain. 
the elders, the 70, and some of the leaders have progressed spiritually, so they get to go a little farther up the mountain. Joshua and Moses have progressed a little farther spiritually. They get to go a little farther up the mountain. And Moses himself, who has progressed as far spiritually as anybody can, any human can, gets to go all the way up to the mountain. And what he finds at the top of the mountain is God speaking to him directly. And see, the Eastern tradition says, yep, that's how our journey is with God. As we grow, we get to go a little farther up the mountain to find the Lord. Isn't that lovely? That's a lovely interpretation of that text, isn't it? It's not at all what we believe in the Western tradition. But it's a fabulous interpretation. And it is true for many people. When I started this work 30 years ago, all people in the church could talk about was seekers. Seekers this and seekers that. We need to be seeker-friendly and we need to use things for seekers. Seekers are people trying to climb up that mountain to get closer to God. a lovely interpretation. But Western tradition said that this was different. What Western tradition said was that this is God accommodating God's self to come to us. God making things known to us so that we can understand them. God who is beyond all comprehension, all understanding, all anything else that we can fathom makes a way to us. And in this case, the way comes through Moses. Later, it comes through Elijah. Ultimately, our understanding is it comes to us through Jesus. Well, what a coincidence. We've heard those three guys together before, haven't we? God makes a way to come to us. See, this Exodus text is fascinating because it lies right in between a text where God gives all the laws that a community needs to be held together, to live as one, so that no one is above the rule of law. How many times have we heard that recently? The giving of the law, and then over here is the building of the tabernacle. This text of God coming to us comes right in between how we live as a community and how we worship as a people. Not a coincidence that God has come to us to teach us how to live. We think about this as being great and grand and glorious, like thunder ought to clap and fire ought to rage. 
clouds ought to cover us. And there ought to be dazzling light like sunshine. And sometimes on rare occasions, that happens. Talking with my friends recently about their life of worship, and they say, sometimes I get so excited and so into worship that I don't even know what's happening around me. It's so glorious. I'm so excited to spend time with God. But then I think about other times when God comes to us Crazy Tim, the homeless guy, is grateful that we've given him chapstick. And he goes around helping Jay collect trash. God coming to us. Pay attention or you'll miss it. Because, you know, then Jay gets bad because he's not doing it right. Woman coming to me seeking comfort from trauma of 40 years ago. She's able to finally receive forgiveness from God. God comes to us. We think of the transfiguration as a grand and glorious story, and it is. But it's also a story of God coming to us at times and in places we never, ever even imagined. The most salient, of course, for us Bread and wine, ordinary elements. Water from the tap. Nothing extraordinary. But when we pay attention and transform, see them transform into a sacrament, the very presence of God with us, Then we see God's glory come to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.